0: It's been a long week for outfitters as they scramble to pick up the pieces of what was set to be one of the busiest seasons on record in the wilderness. Claire Shirley co-owns Sawbill Outfitters with her husband Dan at the end of the Sawbill Trail in Tofty.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it's only been a week. (laughs) I looked back and it's been a really long week. Um, So it was sort of a cascade of events up here. First, uh, several weeks ago, they closed the Laos River route, Uh, And then about a week ago, they closed the um, Sawbill entry point. I got the call, you know, we're canceling them effective immediately. And I looked out the window and there's like a line of 10 people waiting out the window, like picking up their permits for Sawbill. And you're like, okay. So it was like an immediate, you know, you have to retool right now. Um, So we spent the rest of that day kind of getting a handle on that situation and felt like we handled it. And then we woke up the next morning and they called again and said, "Uh, we're actually going to close the whole boundary waters. And we were like... Okay, here we go again.
0: There was a 25% increase in the number of Boundary Waters permits issued last year. And the pandemic-fueled surge in visitors was more than on pace to continue this summer. Dave Seaton of Hungry Jack Outfitters on the Gumflint Trail.
2: Well, this was supposed to be our busiest week ever. And we were literally packing every last sleeping bag and every last thermarest and every last canoe was scheduled on the schedule. And I was actually borrowing drinking cups from another outfitter because that was the one thing I guess we hadn't planned on. And it was busy. And so we were turning stuff over and then all of a sudden, boom, we're just shutting down.
0: There's no way around the fact that a complete closure of the Boundary Waters packs a big economic punch. Claire Shirley.
1: We're seasonal. We're entirely seasonal. We're only operating during the paddling season. Um, and of the paddling season, August is by far the, the big month. You know, we, we buy canoes. We buy all this gear. We um, have a ton of employees. We have a lot of payroll. So we spend a lot of the year um, paying off those things. Like the early part of our season, the money that we make is spent like paying off the canoes that we've purchased. And then August is sort of your money maker month. So it's a big hit. You know, it's a big hit.
0: For Andy McDonald co-owner alongside Ada Igo of Tuscarora Outfitters near the end of the Gunflin Trail. Business as usual has been upended.
3: We had, I don't even know how many reservations we had for that week. It was many, many dozens. And there were people coming from as far away as Florida, California.
0: Just like the Outfitters, visitors have had to adjust. Kurt Stromberg had a trip planned with his wife and two boys just this week. They go every year. In fact, Kurt loves the boundary waters so much he moved all the way to Minnesota from the state of Virginia just to be closer to it
3: I actually got an email from the from the Forest Service and then all of a sudden my my phone blew up We were going with another family and then and people know that we like to go and oh did you hear about this uh, with the text messages and things so it, it was it was pretty quick after it after it happened
0: Kurt says he's not surprised by the closure
3: I, I feel like I kind of saw it coming. Uh, with how dry it's been this summer, and just the amount of smoke even down in the Twin Cities from mostly the Canadian wildfires, but um, just the whole area is just a just a tinderbox, and so.
0: Greg and Julie Welsh also had their trip plans dashed by the closure, but it's not their first brush with wildfire. Ten years ago, they were two days into their Boundary Waters trip when the Pagami Creek fire kicked into high gear and made a run straight toward their campsite.
4: Uh, we just, you know, knew at that moment that we both had to get off the land. It was just evident that this thing was going to hit us pretty soon. So anyways, so then the fire kind of hit right at that moment where we were located. And, um, my wife had actually uh, kind of disappeared into the smoke. She was in her separate kayak, so um, the uh, wind started really picking up, and uh, it actually picked her up right out of the water. Almost literally the the wind was so strong, it kind of pushed her sideways against the waves and then kind of picked her up out of the water a little bit and flipped her over, and she ended up in the water, and the kayak ended up uh just kind of going end over end across the top of the water and just kind of disappeared into the smoke.
0: They were able to make it to safety the following day and the whole ordeal has left them both with a healthy respect for the unpredictable nature of wildfire.
4: So you never know you know what's going to happen and when and of course now it's very dry up there um, and uh, you know it's no rain and no moisture so the odds of something like that happening again are, unfortunately, probably pretty good. So it's probably a good thing that people are, you know, not not going in currently that way and for safety purposes.
0: Over on the Ely side of the forest, Steve Paragus owns paragus Outfitters, and it's not just the current conditions that are weighing heavy on his mind.
4: Well, I think the big worry is the long-term implications of climate change and what it means for us in the in the North Woods. You know, it's It's been getting drier in summer for many years, and this is the worst it's ever been. This is epic, but it's also historic and unprecedented So, You know, uh, I'm very worried that if this is a pattern, that the forest is going to be really decimated eventually.
0: This is the first total closure of the Boundary Waters since the mid-1970s, and it puts a fine point on this year's lack of moisture. Dave Seaton of Hungry Jack.
2: Well, there's no question that the forest is unhealthy right now. You know, it's just so dry. There are trees dropping their leaves before the end of August. There are willows. Willows is one of the indicator plants of whether there's moisture in the ground or not. They're just dying. So that's a really sad thing. And so over the next few years, if this weather pattern continues... It'll be interesting to see how things change.
0: Claire Shirley also has climate change on her mind.
1: Cook County is so exempt from so many things. And, you know, we're often the last ones to be affected by things. You know, we're the last ones to get the latest fashions. We're the last ones to get hooked up to broadband. We're the last ones to get COVID in the county. But we are not going to be the last ones to feel the effects of climate change. You know, that's just not, that's not how that works.
0: But Dave Seton does find some comfort in the cyclical nature of our ecosystem.
2: But what I can say is this: In the 30 years that I've been here, I've seen that cycle go up and down twice, 15 or so years. And historically, that's what the dendrochronology also says. At the end of the Gunflint Trail, end of the Gunflint Trail burns about every 15 years. Period. You know, that's just for the last four or five hundred years. And so I'm not denying that there's a change. I'm not saying that we're not into a new ball game. I'm just saying that right now, what we're experiencing is probably a low ebb. And hopefully that'll turn around and come back again.
0: Over at Tuscarora, Andy says this is the stuff he'll have the luxury of contemplating in January when the chaos of the season has died down. For now, he's focused on the more immediate future.
3: At this very moment, it's not as bad as the news is making it out to be for real. Like the wind direction is favorable um, for the, especially the Eck Fire, um, to not impact anything other than just woods um the forecast well we don't have the five inches of rain that we want the forecast calls for cooler temperatures east winds lots of chance of showers um it looks pretty it looks pretty good especially for the next like five six days so yeah we're optimistic um that uh you know we'll have some way to salvage some of the season and also that we're uh you know, going to start to have a reduced fire danger, especially day-to-day. The drought conditions, I think, are here to stay for a long time. The day-to-day fire danger uh, hopefully will be mitigated quite a bit by the cooling temperatures and shots of precipitation. So, and, you know, that's maybe being over-optimistic, but that's kind of where we're at right now.
0: Let's hope the precipitation we're all waiting for is on its way. For WTIP, I'm Barbara Jean Myers.